Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Hey there, buddy. Don't forget, there's plenty of Last Podcast Network merch available over on lastpodcastmerch.com. We got shirts for all of your favorite shows like Wizard of the Bruiser and Page 7 and No Dogs in Space. And of course, plenty of stuff for Last Podcast on the left. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com. Thank you. Welcome to The Brighter Side. This is Amber Nelson and Ed Larson, and today we're going to have a special episode called The Way, Way Back Machine. That's right. We've been doing this show for, you know, we don't even truly know how long. So we're going to play some old clips from you guys from back in the day when we were all still, you know, virile. And uh, we'll, you know, hopefully you like it. And if you don't, then that's probably our fault. Let's see if we've changed as human beings. The devil is real. So Ben, you've been to space. You, you, you're not. You're not an astronaut. No, not an astronaut. I'm not a scientist. You're not a scientist. But what, tell us about your the, when you went to outer space. I mean, this is crazy to me. Sure, sure. I mean, well, it was a pretty exciting thing for me too. And this was about ten years ago for. Mm-hmm. Uh, a company, um, uh, Virgin Galactic. Uh, of course, they're, they're big today, but at the time, uh, space tourism was very new. I mean, it wasn't something that uh, many people, you know, would do um, unless you were extraordinarily wealthy. Uh, but you know, they started this company. Um, I did some parabolic flights, uh, went up and down. This is. Um, this was about 2008. and uh, Why did you go? Like, how you did knew they... the, bo- the boss guy, right? <laughs> you knew the boss guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had an opportunity to go because a colleague of mine who was going to go decided not to. And uh, this former colleague actually is a founder of a company called uh, Moon Express. Okay. So he's in this, this space as well. Um, and Obviously. He in- yeah, and he invited me to go. Um, and so I did. I, and I, I, you know. Took part in this opportunity it was fantastic and same. It was you, like open some skittles or something and watch them play around <laughs> and everybody's doing some science stuff yeah, for real. Yeah, well they were doing real science and uh, trying to find a way to entertain me without you know me destroying expensive scientific equipment. Yeah. So that they basically gave me a little packet of skittles that I could play with. But, um, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it was very different from anything that you would expect. I mean, most people kind of equate it to being in water, so you. 
you have this natural instinct to swim. Mm -hmm. um, I learned very quickly that's exactly what you don't want to do in zero gravity environment is to flail and kick and swim. You kind of want to bring yourself together into a little ball and just uh, just kind of float there. That makes sense because how could you possibly move if you're not touching anything? Yeah, this, this is a, a, a confined environment uh, and, and kicking and flailing is, is definitely not what you want to do. You hurt um, somebody. Yeah. Yes, you could definitely hurt somebody. Press a button and the airlock is done. You're all dead. <laughs> It's not aliens. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in, in water, too, there's some resistance. So when you push up against something, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you, you have an expectation you'll slow down. But that's not what happens when you're um, in this zero-gravity environment. You will base, you'll fly into the fuselage or you'll fly into some equipment uh, just by pressing up against the wall of, of, the, of, the, of the ship that you're in. So How far it, out did you go? Well, we went up to a point called the Carmen Line, so that's basically the edge of space. Uh, beyond that, you you are officially in space. So um, we this is a, uh, a suborbital flight, so we didn't actually rotate the Earth. We went straight up and then straight down. Mm -hmm. So we go up, uh, hover around, I suppose, 10, 15 minutes, and then come back down Vandenberg uh, Air Force Base and then flew. So you did this in an afternoon? Yeah, I just yeah. went to space. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nuts! <laughs> yeah. You went to space like people go to Jack in the Box. <laughs> wow. How long was the whole trip? Uh, well, the whole thing did last a long... The, the experience itself of being in zero uh, gravity in space probably for about four or five minutes. Of, of, of course, getting to that stage, there are several uh, segments in the flight, you know, but and then coming back down as well, it, it takes some time. But, you know, just floating there, it, it, it didn't seem like it lasted very long. And I think probably about 10 minutes was about the longest it lasted. Wow. Yeah. So do you have to, like, lock yourself in when it shoots up? Because that's real dangerous. You do. Um, you absolutely do have to, to sort of lock yourself in and strap yourself in. Yeah. And then, but, you know, once you're, you know, in the clear, you can kind of, you know, get up. Do you up see and... flames from out the window? No. I tried so hard to, uh, you know, to get, I, I had, I couldn't bring my, my iPhone or, or camera with me, but I had this device where I could take, you know, simple little photographs and they didn't come out very well, but uh, yeah, yeah, I tried to take some pictures of, of the, through the window. Wow. I know Rob is very cool with flying. Every story, because I hate flying and you're always just kind of like, no big deal. Just chill out. It's like, what did you say? Planes don't um, drop down out of air? Planes just don't fall out of the sky. It doesn't work like that. Modern day commercial aircraft actually have some of the most advanced technology that we have. I mean, really to bring a plane with 200 people down to the ground, that takes human intervention. Well, to crash a plane, it takes really human intervention. Or a bunch 90, of geese. Or a bunch of geese. 99.99% of the time, it takes deliberate human intervention to crash a plane. These airplanes, these A380s, the double-deckers, these planes can take off and land independently. What? Without human intervention. We don't actually Damn robots taking need. our fucking jobs. It's been like this for about 20 years. Wow. We don't actually need pilots. My mom worked for Continental back That's in the 90s. That's why they're drunk. So we got to fly wherever we wanted to for free, so... Wow. That was back before 9-11, you know. The perks <laughs> back then were incredible. Stand oh, yeah. by. She picked me up from school one day, and she seriously said, where do you want to go? And I said, Disney World. And we got on a flight to Orlando, Florida from Denver, Colorado. After school, unplanned, free, 
Wow. <laughs> That's great. The 90s were the shit. They were great. <laughs> I went to a Costco and I didn't have a card. You know, I have to have a card. And it just, it, I just kind of walked in there. I feel like flying in 1970. They were just like, who cares? You on this? Get in here. Who cares? Well, you'd have to wear a suit and whatnot, but you could smoke cigarettes. You can smoke cigarettes. I like that also airplanes have a, today they have the smoking thing. Why do they still put the ashtrays in planes? You know it's what? I asked. regulation. Yeah. I asked a stewardess about that and she said that, because um, I was like, are the planes old or what? And she said, no, because we want people, if you do smoke, to put it there and not in the trash bin because you the plane could light on fire. Oh. 30,000 feet in the air and you're on fire. That's a good Who idea. Who would smoke a cigarette on a plane? I don't know. Lots of people. Rob I remember just when raised you could hand. smoke on the plane. Yeah, My, I and remember. Then, yeah, it was, there was a smoking <laughs> section and a non-smoking section. Like, just, it actually made a fucking who difference. Who watched that video of that United, that doctor getting dragged out of United flight and was like, oh I want to smoke a cigarette and really test my luck. <laughs> well, this is, you know, the 80s, early 90s. Mm. Man, so it, the thing that flips me out about flying, I, I, I fly across the country from time to time. And it just, I feel like someone's throwing me across the country like a football. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of, and I, I feel like that's why it doesn't just fall out of the sky. It's because you got propulsion and you're going, right? Everything is very tightly controlled. There's nothing that's left to chance. The systems that run an airplane, there are backup systems, there are backup systems to the backups, and there are backups to the backups to the backup, and so on and so forth. Well, that's why I said that it it takes human intervention to crash an airplane. What wow. about the Southwest suckout? What happened there? We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Suck out. That's another reason. I always sit on the aisle. That's my favorite. Because I get to go up and go to the bathroom whenever I want. Mm-hmm. For real? I don't have to bug anybody. I think I'm switching to the aisle. Aisle's the best. I used to be always go to sleep. But the thing is, I get, I'm get i so broad-shouldered, I, I can't ever get my head against the wall anymore. Uh, I'm getting too big. What? These airplanes You did say your pants no didn't uh, fit. My your pants broke. My your pants, pants broke. My pants broke. That's fine. Everybody chip in $5 to get Eddie a new pair of pants. It's not that expensive. We have thousands of <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but you do bring up a valid point. That is true. What about the engine on Southwest? And I think it, you could deduce that once again. Human intervention. Just somebody not Just sitting in the wrong the place. Essentially, yes. I mean, I don't want to speak ill of them. I don't know of the situation in depth, but it sounds like maybe their maintenance on the aircraft was a little bit behind schedule. Of course. I mean, they had a fucking sucker. Yeah, Rob and, and I, is... I we've, we've spent the last seven months traveling, and we've, oh my God. we've been to some places, some airports where, um, I don't know, I, I believe it or not, I'm actually kind of scared of flying. Yeah. yeah I do, but I, I just get <laughs> on a plane. And, yeah, yeah. You yeah. never said that to me. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's crazy, because I totaled it up, and between November 22nd of 2016... Mm-hmm. And March 13th of 2017, we were on no less than 37 separate airplanes. Yeah. That's what? amazing. Yeah. 37. What's yeah. your spookiest airport you've ever been in? Just like chickens Probably, running around? No, when we were flying from, I, I think it was from Morocco to, to somewhere in Spain, mm-hmm. um, they did the call to prayer just before the plane took off, which was really unusual. Yeah. And that Actually, just that, that just seemed a little scary to me. But then what was really scary was while the plane was landing, there were children basically running up and down the aisle and jumping in their seats. There was no no flight attendant you yeah. know, 
came on the intercom and said, you know, please stay in your seats. No like tray you tables or put your seat back. It was just chaos and free-for-all. And then we were flying, and, and some guy had a coronary on the plane. And oh. We were going to divert our flight. Yeah. Did he live? Yes. Yes, I think he did. So, yeah. The first incident with the unbuckled passengers upon descent was the Royal Air Maroc flight from Casablanca to Venice, Italy. The second one was the flight from Amsterdam to Seattle. You guys have a fucking cool life. <laughs> ben is also openly gay. He's the first openly gay man in space. Uh, I believe American. First openly gay American. Oh. oh okay. yeah. Well, first openly gay Russian was sent to space because he was gay. didn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He was, he was a monkey, too. He was a monkey. <laughs> you ever shot an animal? Uh, never shot an animal. Shot a lot of Christmas lawn ornaments. You know, we used to, <laughs> we used to steal the like a Mickey Mouse wearing Santa Claus to go to the firing range, the outdoor firing range in Tallahassee, where it was all just like straight up ghetto black dudes, cops, and rednecks and drug dealers. And those are only people there. And there was like no rules. Uh. There was no one watching over us. And we all just shared each other's guns and had a great time. There was no racism. It was the craziest Aww. situation you'd ever be in. I shot an elephant gun out there. What? Yeah, it was intense. Did you shoot an elephant? Or a, no, no, no. An I elephant shot a, sized. <laughs> mound of dirt. You know? yeah, yeah. I shot a big mound of dirt fucking long ways away and it blew the fuck up. It was such great. <laughs> an, ele- an elephant gun apparently could go like if all five of us stood in a row yeah it would go through all five of us and keep going and then kill an elephant if there was one it's supposed to shoot barack obama from the front of the white house when he's in the back yeah it's one of that's what they made it for that's what an elephant gun is that why you don't have a shoulder is that what is that what happened to your shoulder right because it's a what's it like a two gauge or something i had to lay on the ground to shoot it Jesus. You had to, you have to lay on the ground. We couldn't you couldn't hold it while you were standing up. You had to like, uh. get down and lay down. Yes, that's exactly what <laughs> I said. Right after I shot it, it was right what was exactly what I said. And then uh and then yeah, I shot I shot it, it was amazing. One we were the same trip, we were all out there, we're shooting, we had a shotgun and we had this stupid kid with us. We didn't want to bring him, but my buddy was a DJ oh, and no, we let can. him come and he was just like and then the DJ brought his friend. No. So it's the DJ's friend. It's the worst kid ever. That's the guy that is yeah. like, you want to see something funny? And then blows his own brains out. Yeah. yeah. Exactly like, and, what happened. And you laugh your asses off. Like, that's one less fucking DJ. <laughs> 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 Nicely done, DJ friend. Oh, man. So we had this 12-gauge. We had a Mossberg, and it had a pistol grip. It was fun. Did, you had a you, Mossberg? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We had a bunch of guns. you get a Mossberg? We, you get a, whatever. Describe a Mossberg. When Mossberg is a black shotgun. It's like a SWAT shotgun, it's except a SWAT instead shotgun. of a normal, instead of a normal shoulder uh, thing that has a pistol grip, so you're holding it like you'd hold a handheld gun with, yeah. with one hand, so it's, your hands kind of cocked down. And so we had a pistol grip uh, Mossberg, and we're, we're firing. Well, they also, if I'm not saying, they also have the ones where, like in movies, where it folds down, like you yeah, can, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, fold yeah. it down. Anytime you see any badass like action movie, all black, the guy, yeah, that gun, that's a Mossberg. It's like okay. the yeah, it's badass. For, it's Beautiful. not meant for hunting. Yeah, no. it's meant yeah. for shooting people in your front lawn. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and it. we had it, and we were like, "You're not holding it right. It's gonna fly up on you." He's like, "I'll hold it anyway. I want to hold it." Shoots it, flies up. First gunshot of the day, by the way. We just got out there in the firing range, so far out of town, and we just get there, and it flies up, and it splits his lip open, and he starts fu- 
pouring blood out of his face. Yes. And then we realized, we were just like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Go sit by the car. You wouldn't listen to us. Yeah. Yeah. We made him sit there and bleed out of his mouth for two hours while yeah. we all shot our guns. Uh, and then we uh, dropped him off in the hospital and left him there, and he had to figure out how to get home. <laughs> <laughs> What a fucking idiot. You enjoyed that story so much, you started to sound autistic towards the end. <laughs> You're enjoying yourself so much. And then we made him sit there for two hours, and then we shot our guns, and then we took him to the hospital, and he did not know how to get home. And there are many different ways to get home. You can take a bus, or a train, or call a cab, or call one of your friends or family members, or either of your friends and family members. They can come get you in a car, or a van, or a truck. Or <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. oh, man. Speaking of guns, let's Sorry. talk about hunting. You, right. you mentioned oh. killing animals earlier. Yeah. There's a thing in Louisiana called a first kill, and that's when a boy kills his first deer and he drains the blood all over his body. Wednesday night at my house growing up. Nice. Oh. Now, Sean, you're from Louisiana. You've never heard of this, right? Say that. He kills a deer and then he drains, like he bathes in the blood yeah, of the animal? he bathes in the blood of the animal. This is Louisiana? This is in Louisiana. This is not Westeros? <laughs> this sounds like some fucking shit. Have you ever seen it or done that? Or? Yeah, my cousin did it. Oh. Like all the men in my family. It's like a it's a rite of passage for all these men. That's how you do it. Fuck, dude. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's fucking. And they're still scared of women's periods. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> God. Oh man! Does anybody all, hunt? Wait, you said all the men in your family have done this? Uh, well, my well, my mom and dad and I we moved around a bunch, so they didn't. But my cousins have, my uncles have. It's just like a thing men do. Every man does. God, I'm glad you were. I'm. I'm. I'm I bet you are too. You were happy in the part of your family that moved around a bunch. Yes, thank the God. The movers, the ones that they were like, oh, they're the readers. Except for when they were in Saudi <laughs> no. Arabia. Yeah. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. <laughs> I was born in Saudi Arabia. I, well, yeah, of course, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell that when she walks into the room. Yeah, army brat. Right, army? No, no, no they just, no. <laughs> oh, no, just your parents just <laughs> vacationing. <laughs> just that out really well. We wanted to learn about religion, so we're here in sunny Saudi Arabia. Oh, Jesus. So, um, Mindy, does anybody in your family hunt? My cousin does, and he is obsessed with it, and I don't get it at all, because he does, I mean, he even does that thing, you know, where you put, like, the the pee, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah it covers he, himself in deer piss. And he has, uh, he has a cabin in the woods that he goes hunting, and he has tree stands, and he likes to send emails out. Apparently, he killed, like, one of the biggest deers in Mississippi, like, six months ago, and he was very, very proud. It was all blown. I feel like it, the biggest deer in Mississippi is easier to kill than all the other deer. I mean, probably. I mean, it was an impressive photo in the email that was sent around. And then my dad was proud because it's like my cousin on my dad's side. And oh he was very proud of this accomplishment. Can you send and the photo to us and we'll put it up on our thing? Uh, yeah, because I'm sure I can find it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Send it to us. We'll put it up on the website. Imagine a deer with hunting a <laughs> Surprise. Hunting and email, those things go together. They <laughs> do now, man. That is fucking crazy. How about you, Cena? You were in Pittsburgh. I know that's a main city in the north, but there had to be some crazy-ass fuckers that lived outside of town on the farms. They and the direction was that every year we would actually have a deer roast. My buddy Ben would, would go out mm. and shoot a deer, and my father in the Iranian army was a marksman expert, and so he would take me um, shooting, but he would feel really bad about killing deer. Uh, because he didn't want to kill animals. You're Iranian? Yeah. 
Oh shit! Yeah, we're are you gonna leave? Them? I thought you were just a high Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of <laughs> wait. So your dad, your your dad was a sniper. Well, he was an artillery expert, so he was like a marksman guy. So he would he, he would be, comment on where the bullet hit the exactly thing. really yeah. Wow. So he knew exactly how to shoot really well, and he had a perfect shot. I mean, it was amazing. This little guy could have a, a perfect shot, and he, he's just so sweet though. He didn't want to kill anything, but we would go out and we would go shooting and stuff, and he'd, he'd take me hunting and stuff like that. I've been hunting once. So you've we killed a mammal? No, we did not kill anything. Okay. Oh, we, we, we liked, we, then we like, you know, looked and shot things. But every year, my buddy Ben would go, he'd kill a deer, and then we'd eat it. The best thing, though, is he would like, put it on the rotisserie mm-hmm. or whatever and cook it for whatever, however many hours. But he'd serve it when it was all dark because he never cooked that fucking thing through. We were just eating raw deer meat, I think, at some yeah. point, which and, was uh, like, uh, which made me feel great and manly. And yeah, 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 yeah. Was your, was your dad like Babe Ruth, like called his shot? Yeah, absolutely. Like Nick Artery. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like that little leaf, you see the leaf on the tree right there? I shoot it. <laughs> How many men has your dad killed? Uh, he, he won't talk about any of the... So a lot? Well, I think he saw a lot of death in the Iranian Revolution. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know he was out of the military by then. So I think he probably saw more death during that time than he actually did in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he's got Parkinson's, so they won't let him touch a gun now. Yeah, uh, Good he's reason. Got, he's got the shakes. He's got the so, shakes. What, so what happens? Do they go and they take all his guns from him? or like What do you mean? Because your guns are registered to you. Yeah. So like once you get... Parkinson's does the government show up and say, "Hey, give me your no, gun." No, Dad's got a gun, and my, I made him take it, like get rid of it. I was like, because he brought it out. There was a raccoon in our garden, and my gotta, parents' gotta house. Shoot that raccoon! And okay, Dad went out with his shaky hands yeah. to shoot the, the the fucking raccoon. My Took mom out. calls me. Your father has a gun, and he's going to shoot the raccoon. <laughs> and it's like I just picture my dad with his shaking hand trying to kill this raccoon. The raccoon's probably like this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get some friends. I got a chance. <laughs> yeah, so he didn't kill the raccoon. He missed. Uh, I think he mortally wounded it though, and the fucking thing probably died like uh, two weeks later. I bet, um, I bet your dad is. I bet. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is he's probably in pretty good shape, though, right? He's a he's thin guy. Incredibly good shape. Well, par- Parkinson's is actually a very good workout because yeah, you're constantly you're burning <laughs> calories, <laughs> shaking, just, just muscle tone, dude. He's Harlem Shake yeah. every day. <laughs> Wait, did he get the raccoon? Uh, I think he killed it eventually, just by he hit it, yeah. but then it just he didn't really do it. You know, another way to get rid of a raccoon is go. Get this guy. <laughs> just make sounds at its general direction. Go, ha, ha, it's gone. It'll never come back. <laughs> All right. So what was? Uh, let's go. Let's go to. Some, let's talk about some scary shit. I like. I like getting to the scary stories. What is like a scary ass like redneck thing that you guys have seen? I know Sean has seen some shit in his day. I know. I know. I went to jail in Tallahassee, and I was a lot. I wasn't a lot. I had to pretend I didn't know people I knew inside. I remember this one guy I worked with at a kitchen. I saw him inside jail, and I was like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, you don't know me in here. <laughs> and I was like, all right, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, don't yeah. know me in here. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Outside, though, let's hang out and play yeah, video yeah, games. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> 
My God, I fell off of a back of a pickup truck wearing a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. that's, that's, that's amazing that's the female version the of bathing yourself in deer blood <laughs> All right, so let's just say that one more time you fell off the back of a pickup truck wearing a bikini I mean you're not wearing a lab coat you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, was, it was going 35 miles an hour is this on road or dirt this is on like a gravel road oh and there's the, no pavement down there there's no pavement and the people in the truck all the dudes in the truck they were hadn't like, glued all the rocks together yet and make roads. The dudes that saw me fall, they were like, you fell on your head and we saw you die. (laughs) We saw you die. But I immediately got back up and I was like, it it all went black, you know, of course. And I was like, I got back up and I was like, you motherfuckers! Just like blood raining down on me, screaming. They looked terrified. Yeah. And then they took me to a gas... Naturally. They took me to a gas station and started hosing me off. But I'm in a bikini. (laughs) Not gas ER. (laughs) (laughs) Redneck redneck ER, man. Gas station. Got a hose. Got a hose, got, got air. more beer. Yeah. <laughs> we got gas. We got gas. This lighters. whole super on lead is gonna disinfect that wound real quick. Yeah, like, y'all. And I saw them hose me down, and I'm like, you know, hot or whatever at the time, and they all got boners, and I'm like bleeding from the head. <laughs> I was like watching their fucking dicks move, and I'm like, can you bring me to a hospital? <laughs> <laughs> They didn't. Oh, man. No. They dropped me off at home, and I was like, I can't remember 911. I couldn't remember 911, which is a stupid thing. But yeah, yeah. anyways, that's mine. That's uh, amazing. That's, that's one of the best stories I've ever heard in my whole life. Wait, wait. Why were you, why were you in a truck in a bikini? Right. They had this thing the called Senior Day at my high school, and the mm. seniors that graduated, we all got in pickup trucks and four-wheelers. We were off of school that day, our last day, mm-hmm. and we'd ride around school and get out uh, and uh, like bring water balloons and like you know uh, shaving cream and the teachers and everybody would call the students out so you lived in days of confused yeah that's what it was (laughs) and we just hazed everybody and then I was like see y'all I'm gonna live forever and (laughs) (laughs) planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. All right. Hold Nader's ho. Have you ever been in a fight? No, zero fights. Uh, I've never been in a fight. Really? Is that because they were afraid that you were going to vampire them? Going to bite on them. them. Yeah, and grab at them. You know, because they they like my grabbies, but they don't like what I'm mean and I'm doing it. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I never did, but it's because I went to a pussy school. I went to a private school. Yeah. 
And so even the bullies were like afraid to fight because that would mean like bad news for them, you know. Yeah. So it was it just wasn't that kind of because um, the bullies in my school, I, yeah, the grade eight. I have to bring this up. They they were the the jocks that called in my grade that called themselves the grade eight. And there was eight of them. And there was more than eight of them. Oh. <laughs> and that was kind of the joke of it. And eight they, of them were cool. The rest <laughs> of them were just kind of like fat. And there it. were a couple of like gophers that sort of they got to do gross stuff for them. You know, like those kids that like hung out with them that yeah, would yeah, do Johnny, anything. Yeah, yeah, Johnny, kick his ass, kick his ass, Johnny. Yeah, that's that, fucking hilarious. That kid, yeah, the kid would be like, oh, eat this gross thing. Or yeah, like, yeah, eat the gross thing. Eat the gross like, thing. Try to suck your own dick for us now, you know, because we're drunk or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the they, they do that. They call themselves that, and they would do this kind of shit. I remember um, uh, this one bully, uh, Mark. I'll, I'll just say his first name. Yeah. He, I I would. Uh, they called me a Smoky Joe. That's not bad. Yeah, but they do it in an annoying way, you know? Smokey Joe. And they'd be like, that's not my name. That's not my name. You know, but they didn't like, yeah, they were fine with it. And it was because I would like, I would run from math class to the lunch line because I hated standing in line for lunch. So you haven't changed at all? No. <laughs> and that's why I love New York. Everybody walks fast. They get to where they're going. So I would go. So they started calling me Smokey Joe. And I remember one time I was in line for the lunch line. And this kid, Mark, he tried to just walk right in front of me and skip me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, you can't oh, fucking no. do that, you know? So we got into this big argument or whatever. And he ended up going to the back of the line. But then he tells all of his buddies he beat the shit out of me that day. Huh? Oh, that's oh, the kind of shit. They, that's the kind of shit they would do. They oh, would never actually fight. Guy. So I learned this around freshman year. And I'm, by the way, I was at the same school from fifth grade to senior year. Oh, that's terrible. So you know everything about everybody. It's a class of like ninety. You know everything about everybody. You're in the same station. Your entire lower, middle, and high school career. Mm -hmm. You're at the same persons. And for me, it was outcast. Like. Uh, with my group of buddies that would like play music and smoke weed, right? Yeah. So, but anyway, so uh, uh, I learned that they wouldn't actually fight me back and that I could outsmart ass them in front of people. So yeah. I started just doing that shit with them. And then they started smoking weed around junior year and we started hanging out. Yeah, it's funny Ooh. when like it, when, uh, the everyone who starts smoking weed you know, you're you're the outcast because you're the druggie. You're the druggie. And then two years later, everyone's fucking knocking on your door trying to, trying get, to get my weed. <laughs> that exact thing happened. And we would and then all of a sudden I'm smoking blunts with them and shit and it's all good. But I mean, for years I, I still hate these guys. <laughs> like I still can't stand them. Well, no. they're all working at like uh, Red Baron or something. I heard a story recently, uh, that same kid Mark uh, has a shit law firm in my hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. Carolina, and he showed up at a friend of mine's funerals and handed out business cards. <gasps> oh, at a nice. funeral. At a at funeral. Your friend's funeral. Uh, a friend of a like a friend's But this friend's is like a peer funeral. of like your age. Actually, it was a younger kid. Uh, oh, oh my God. That's that right. is fucking disgraceful. Yeah. Someone wow. needs to wow. punch him in the face. Wow. Wow. Even worse, yeah, I, I don't even, I mean, we can believe this later if we decide to, but it was at uh, Ric Flair's son's funeral. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, because oh. Ric Flair's kids went to my school. That's right. Nice. I remember. Woo! Yep. Woo! 
Yeah, those kids weren't outcasts. Uh, no, they were really cool. And uh, oh man, Reed Flair, who died, uh, the kid, he beat the fuck out of me because I was over at. You my, got beat up by Ric Flair's uh, kid. Oh, and he was. How like, have you never told me this? He was half Woo! my size. He was half my size. Oh, but he was just trained to fight his whole life. I was over at my friend's house, and his little <laughs> brother was good friends with Reed Flair, right? <laughs> so I'm over there with these little kids, my friend, and these little kids, and they're like, "Fight Reed! Fight Reed!" I'm like. F- uh, fine, uh-huh. I'll fight. Re- you know, I'm never fight, right? You know, yeah. I mean, but this was like wrestling. He yeah. immediately put me in like a lock. The hole. figure four. Yeah, I was like of crying. Of course, I was like crying. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Yeah. Oh my god. In front of a bunch of little kids laughing at me. Aww. Yeah, man. I used to. I got put into a bunch of uh, classes that weren't. Uh, that were just because I didn't know how to communicate with people. They put me in a lot of slow classes, and I think also was a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was big. Yeah. yeah, and so in Aww. a in such a small school with a bunch of rich kids, you know, just by being larger than you th- than them, they uh, it seemed like they got naturally intimidated by me without me ever actually deserving it. Yeah, I would have been so scared of you, man. Oh man, people were not scared of me until I punched that first kid in the face in front of everybody. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was oh, in yeah. the middle. Of the, I was like, I was like, I was alone. You know, I had no friends, and so I'm like shaking this tree, <laughs> like, so like just because I had nothing to do. You know, yeah. and I'm just like shaking the tree. You know? like, and this kid's like, "Hey, why are you messing with that tree?" And then he pushed me, and then I just turned around and punched him dead in the face, and his nose started bleeding. I didn't even get in trouble. Yeah, and then and then like no one it's like it went from. Uh, people making fun of me and no one being my friend to no one even talking to me ever again. Because they're scared of you and yeah. that's the better position to be in. Absolutely. I'd rather no one talk. I'd rather be in solitary confinement than fucking a bunch of people picking I on mean, me. Yeah. I think it was really cool of that guy to stick up for that tree, though. <laughs> man, fuck that fucking tree, man. It was hiding squirrels. Yeah. Yo, give me those squirrels. Well, I, you, Cena? I love it. I sorry, what Cena? Oh, I um, I you know, I I was picked on because I was small, mm-hmm. and then because I was Middle Eastern, and, and then ugly and, and weird <laughs> and just smelly, and then yeah, and then like I doubled down after nine eleven, but oh I've God. been in like fights a lot because I got picked on it, and I'm like yeah. a, a very uh, I'm a rascally little kid. Scrappy is what I would Scrappy describe. Scrappy is exactly right. Other friends have described me as scrappy. Yeah. So I would get beat up and I would, but I would also find a way. I also had a brother who was eight years older than me. So I knew how to like, you know, get beat up properly and yeah. not get hurt very badly and also get in a couple shots. Like you get in like a little chicken chop to the throat, mm. something like that. Oh my or you God. do like a pressure point behind the ear yeah. or nice. like you do something where oh, they're just like, assassin? oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you have to be when you're seen a well, I've yeah. seen him yeah. fight with and big, with a bolder brother, big yeah. tall Ben Kissel from the round table. He's like, oh, he's seven <laughs> feet tall almost. And I've seen Cena literally climb up him and take him down. Yeah. 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 And you rip his fingers apart. <laughs> I, <do. laughs> I just can't describe to you what it's like to have my brother's friends at one point actually played catch with me. Oh. <laughs> and I'm glad you guys all you? know what I meant when I said that. And it's almost sad that you know that they just threw me back and forth. And then at one point, they were I, I will never forget this for my whole life. Uh, they were just throwing me back and forth. And one was like, no, no, you take them. No, no, you take them. You know, I don't want them. You, you take them. And then one was just like, fuck it. And walked away. And I'll never forget it. I just hit the wall like a cartoon character. And I just slowly <laughs> slid down the fucking wall. How yeah. old were you? 
I was like nine, ten years old. I mean, Damn. my brother's friends were in seniors in high school, and they just beat the living what piss. What the fuck does a senior yeah. in high school need to beat up a nine-year-old? Oh, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. fun. You're over You're there also house. in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh yeah. is not necessarily the most progressive place True. in the '90s, and True. you know. But you know, I think what the difference for me though is that like I doubled down. I think Henry kind of did this as well. It was like I doubled down on like a sense of humor. I just started making fun of everyone. I started making jokes. I started having a real sharp tongue, and that was like my my biggest defense mechanism. Although 9-11 really fucked me up on that one, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no jokes after that. Did they call you the sand inward? Yes, they did. I did get called that. I got called that by a guy who drove I a fucking pickup. <laughs> <laughs> this guy drove a pickup truck with a Confederate flag hanging over on the top of his truck, and he used to call me that and push me in the lockers and stuff like that. But... By and that what point. was his name and address? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, where do I go? Need to kill this man? Uh, yes. Uh, Yo, guys, let's make a posse. Let's go get him. <laughs> yeah, Ross, I want you to lead the charge. <laughs> and do your flip move, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll be like, come at me. Oh, oh, I have to like make him come at me so I can like catch him and throw him oh, over. But you know, on, guys, but at the same time. I did that and, in a mascot costume And once, maybe too. you guys can all kind of agree with me on this and tell me what you feel. I am so happy I got picked on. I am happy I got picked on and I broke through it and that I got to the other side because, one, it gave me a sense of humor. It gave me some toughness. It allowed me to break through to this thing because I was like, this can't last forever. Yeah. <laughs> and humility. Yeah. You learn how to, like, become a better person through that. Yeah. So. And, like, a lot of people, I mean, you see a lot of fucking stupid school shootings and a lot of this stuff where kids that, that are picked on don't get to do, you know, don't get to see the other side, and they end up yeah. doing some terrible stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, tell guess, tell us, like, Holden, Ross, tell me. What, what, I mean, what, I, it's hard for me to say because I'm still ruthlessly a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like I'm still harboring something. I still, I sometimes I have dreams about picking on you. Yeah. <laughs> But what I'm saying is my father had so much guilt about his heritage that uh, we wore some later hosen every now and again, um, which was very embarrassing for God, me. God, I would love to see fat Ben Kessel. My no. dad says, later why, 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 are two, why are two out of my three sons gay? I don't know, Dad. Maybe you made us wear later hosen for three fucking years. Uh, you know, that'll probably yes. do it. Oh, yes. my God. Later hosen equals pictures. gay kids. Now, I have a couple. Either of your parents dress you in a traditional garb, Cena or Cena? Did your parents no, dress you? No, my mother just dressed me up like a like a like Beethoven basically when I was a child, like old Renaissance gear to poofy make me look shirts. like a fancy, yeah, poofy like little neck things and frilly <laughs> things. It was really sad. <laughs> my parents really, I don't know about you guys, but my parents went all 100% in on assimilating. Right. They wanted Same to here. be American as much. They were like, we are American. They have the biggest party my parents have is a July 4th party. Right. We have two six-foot-wide American flags next to each other. They're burning across in the front lawn just to be like, we'll just get it out of the way. We'll yeah, just let yeah, them yeah. know. We're Americans. We're fine. We don't even like us here. We have to tell people we are American. I'm like, no one, no one believes you. Now, traditional yeah. Jamaican garb, that's it's naked. Right? <laughs> that's just that human guard. Having shoes, man. <laughs> Running fast, no shoes. Well, that, that was the thing. It was like, there was, I mean, Jamaica, you can, it's not that far off from the States. So it's like, they can kind of understand America, you know, the States in their head. But uh, what was interesting was um, growing up, 
as a as a as a black kid, and well, I started out in Miami where it was like mostly just Cubans around me. Oh, so and you started off Cuban. Yeah, got and it. And then I moved to you know Palm Beach where it's mostly white people. But the so then you went was, to Jill, got it? Yeah, yeah. and then going, you went to Horse. <laughs> <laughs> but like going going to these schools where a lot of the times I'd be the only black. For a year, I was in a school where it was like all black people, but uh, for a lot a lot of times I'd be the only black person. That presents. An interesting situation, but on top of that, having the Jamaican parents because there was a part of them where they was like, "You have to go into these classes, and you have to, you have to, you have to get A's on all your stuff. Anytime the teacher asks you anything, you need to know all the stuff because you're the you're the only black kid in a lot of classes. They're gonna look at you and they're gonna judge you, and whether or not they think less of you or not." You're gonna have to be the smartest person in the room every time, and that was wow. that was every that was drilled into my head, and it was fucking it was terrifying because I grew up just scared of just like I'm gonna go in there. What if I look like an idiot if somebody? I was always terrified of that. But then at the same time, they would say that stuff, and then they'd also be like, I don't because they were Jamaican, and, and basically like we moved to Palm Beach. It was like our whole like area of of our neighborhood everyone lived on like five acres they had nice houses and everybody was Jamaican and a lot of the Jamaicans that I knew came there they all became engineers nurses doctors they all had like high profile jobs and so in their head they were always just like we came here from another country already black (laughs) with nothing and they would look down upon the rest of just like black people that was in the hood and my mom would always just be like I don't want to ever see you grow up to be a black American, like she would say that. Wow. So there was right. a side of her that there was a side of them that was saying, "You have to be the black person in the room that you know, because yet that shines. You have to prove these people wrong." But then the other side of it, where you have to make sure you're separate from them. Well, <laughs> I think that that that's crazy. the thing with wow. first generation parents, uh, with immigrant parents, they have an idea of what America is. They have an idea of what it is to be an American, but they don't actually know what it is yet. Oh, right? They amen. get it through movies. They get it through, uh, you know, uh, through television, through music, and things like that. So they project this image upon a person that is absolutely impossible uh, to live up to. My father knew seven different languages because his father was in the military. They traveled all around Europe, and they were doing mostly humanitarian work, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he never taught us one of them. He didn't teach us any languages whatsoever, only English. He wanted us to have a native tongue. My father does not have a German accent at all, and he lost it within two years. That man assimilated uh, He assimilated uh, faster than uh, 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 Dan Aykroyd's character in Trading Places. So, uh, I mean, he was just immediately American. So how does that make you feel? Does that think like you know, maybe your father kind of traded on the country a little bit? You know, Well, of course. My, father, my father's father believed that my father was a traitor. Yeah, because my father was—he started a huge labor union in Germany. I mean, when he died, it was a massive like national event. You know, he's huge. Uh, so when my dad turned physically all of his, and you know he wasn't he was only six four. What but, a pussy! What yeah, a he was tiny. <laughs> he was tiny by Kissel standards, you know. But yeah, when my father moved over here, his dad was super pissed off, and rightfully so, because my dad turned out to be a total moron, and uh, his father was excep- exceptionally intelligent. Turned me out of Larry King whenever I'd go and visit and stuff like that. But every single first, uh, which Larry King? The Larry? What do you mean, which Larry King? Not the Franklin cover up, Larry King. <laughs> That's such an inside reference. <laughs> Listen to the last podcast on the left, Franklin Coverup. Um, Three but, episodes, great stuff. Yeah, but no, the Larry King, the interviewer Larry King. <laughs> but my father was just, uh, you know, so so unbelievably, um, you know, quick to cut off that entire side of his life and didn't show us any of that history or give us any sort of um, understanding of different languages or different cultures. He was he learned everything from the Christians and, and basically John Wayne movies. You know, I mean, the guy looked up to Ronald Reagan like he was telling the truth. Did your parents? I, 
mine did this a lot. They were just like, "Are we are so happy to be in America?" It was right. like this constant reminder of America is the greatest. But this is country. A, America is the greatest country. The world <laughs> and, the, and they spit it out immigrants uh believe america is the greatest country and immigrant children are always the most successful of the american people you can look at uh marco rubio ted cruz uh, even Cena barack John. obama yeah you know it's it's yeah, always yeah. people who have parents from the outside that come to america and they're like i'm gonna take advantage of all this shit that everyone else is taking for granted mm -hmm. because i live in a country where all these possibilities don't exist that's why a lot of rich people successful people in america their children are fucking idiots because everything's just handed to Look at the New yeah. York Knicks. Look at James Dolan, that piece of shit with his schmucky yeah. goddamn my, rock band. My, <laughs> my parents, uh, when they before they came here, my mom was a geologist and my dad was a pharmaceutical chemist in Iran. They were both working at an industrial plant. They came to America. It's basically the same thing over there. <laughs> yeah. My dad came to, uh, my parents came to America. My mom became an interior designer. And my dad became just like a guy who who started a pallet company. Was, was your mother's uh, on the card? It said your mother's name, interior design, and it was just in quotations. More rugs, <laughs> exactly. always. This house needs more rugs, and they're like, it's a carpeted house. I would recommend more rugs. My dad would sell rugs on the side. He really sold Persian rugs. He was a Persian rug expert, and it was like I didn't realize until I was senior in high school that I was like. <gasps> My dad is the pinnacle of every stereotype of an Iranian man. Right, right. <laughs> did you did you guys have that as well, where your parents kind of did different, completely different things, and they came to America, they had to like almost reinvent themselves? I don't know. I don't think it was that. Like, my, I know my mom. She came here to to be a nurse, and she and she did that. And my dad, he came, he came here to work. You know, just like in business, and he and he did that stuff. So it's kind of like. But I get like that's kind of why immigrant parents are so hard on their kids because it's like one, they've abandoned everything. everything. Right. Like they've yeah. left behind their whole country to to the unknown. To now, are you speaking from what your parents said? Do they, they say that stuff to you? No, but it's just like, you know, like they like, for example, uh, most like a lot of a lot of people, if they go and they're like, oh, I'm going to be a, a comedian, I'm going to be a singer or whatever. Like, you know, if you, your parents were here, they'd be like, OK, they might not be happy with it, but they're like, all right, you know, right. I, you know, I, you can follow your dream or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like my mom disowned me <laughs> when I moved up here. Like she fucking she cut me. She disowned me. She's she cool me with back. it now, though. Yeah, she's cool with it now. Well, now he's making like, a bunch of money. He's on TV, so she, she can actually see him. Once it was in a like while. it was over time. She she calmed down. It wasn't just this, yeah. but it was just like yeah, like you, you know, I was supposed to be, you know, the doctor, or the physical therapist, or whatever. Like I, you know, I had the good, I had the grades and stuff. I was, did well in school, and I was supposed to do that. And you well, know, you she moved. put you in a in a magnet school for artists. Yeah. Well, she, and she, she still wanted you to be a doctor? Yeah. Damn. That's she so got it all weird. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that my parents did somewhere they were like, do whatever you want, do whatever you want. They don't want to graduate cars. They're like, so you're a lawyer? And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I'm just I've been doing this comedy, the funny thing, for a while. Why am I yeah. not gonna just do that? Yeah. Well that's that's the thing. It's also like it's also partial it's my fault too, because I kind of <laughs> faked my mom out because I went to this art school for high school, middle school, and then I go to FSU for the music program and they're like, okay, he's gonna be a professor. They thought I'd be a professor of music. They didn't think of me like going touring and shit. They're like, Oh, Kevin's gonna be a professor. And then I switched to pre med and I was gonna go do physical therapy. And I graduated and just didn't even apply to physical therapy school. I just like graduated and two months later I was out in New York and my mom was like, What 
the fuck, nigga? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin, so great move, man. I would never be able move. to snuck, sneak that one in through my parents. So. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Like, I, I would, I would like intern with physical therapists and like all these different people, and they everybody. Oh, so you were giving massages and stuff. And I was doing all that, but every everybody I worked with was like, if you, because I was like doing comedy during school, or whatever. Like, yeah, if of you course. Have any doubt that this is what you want to do? Don't. It's, it's gonna drive you insane. Oh yeah! And if you ever want to go back to it, you're gonna be five years behind or whatever it is, and you're gonna be depressed and shit. It was like, all right, fine. Yeah, I've listened to them. Oh. Yeah, because you have big guys like me walking in saying I got a kink in my upper thigh. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting there getting hard. <laughs> I mean, it'll be a nightmare for you. Absolutely <laughs> not. My parents, uh, my dad was really dumbstruck because my both of my older brothers just being gay from uh, forever. You know, loving like RuPaul, and then I didn't have any basis of what American people were supposed to be because my dad didn't. Uh, my father was just a truck driver. They were pushing beer on me when I was like twelve. Uh, really, your parents were? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't a big thing. You know, I started drinking, I got caught, I was expected to be in trouble. You know, but my dad was like, "That's good. That's good American activity." He had this uh, this philosophy <laughs> that was completely insane. Sam's um, not a yes. Is this, well, a this is this thing? is Wisconsin. This is Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, my my dad bought me. My first beer at a bar. And how when old I were you? At a bar? Uh, 15, maybe? Yeah, right. So yeah, for, 15, 16. Yeah, in so high school, that's an appropriate age for you to buy alcoholic beverages yeah. for your children. Buy, yeah, if your parents buy it for you, it's totally legal. I think 15 is yeah. the, uh, the limit for a child to drink booze. But I mean, at I was the same drinking time, before that, but just not in a bar. Yeah. At the same time, my, par- my parents forced me to graduate college. It's a fr- it is an immigrant parent. Uh, idea that you have to have all of your kids graduate college and to have all of your children graduate college is like not uh, a typical American thing. Yeah. You know, Sino, your brother graduated. Kevin, you have everyone graduated, right? Yeah, they all graduated. Same here. I mean, that is such a uh, such a unique, I think it's totally uh, indicative well, of immigrant parents. The model is that education equals success. And right. it's like if there's been, ever been something that's proven wrong time and time again in this country is that education equals does not actually equal success. So many well, times people go to, go to school. Don't hurt. And, it, no, doesn't it doesn't hurt, hurt at all. That's for your sure. Your brain swells up with information. Sure, that's great. But the other Day, you still got to go and get a job in the workforce. How many people are have a college degree and don't work today? I yeah, mean, but I mean, you know, I mean, obvious me number one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it op- it opens up a lot of doors. I mean, you know, you I mean, a bachelor's degree at this point, which I have, is like absolutely nothing. I mean, you need a master's, almost a PhD, but it does open up a lot of doors that are not going to be opened up for people who don't have I those mean, degrees. You just got to be able to pay for it. I, yes and no. I'm, I'm telling you, I went to law school. There's so many people that I went to law school with that had like incredibly. Yeah, but but now we were talking about this, we were. Talking about this before. You were just on Pivot TV with Megan McCain. You're a lawyer now. So this is a credential. This is a credit. You can yeah, go man, on. Yeah, but I, I was different. I was in this from the beginning. I was just trying to make mom and dad happy. I mean, that's that's my own fucking shit. I mean, other people yeah. have had a very difficult time trying to find work and having a higher education as well. Cena's mother is an amazing woman. <laughs> and uh, one one time I was at Cena's house and I was talking with his mom. We were talking about Saddam Hussein and I was expressing how Saddam Hussein was a stabilizing uh, uh, oh, leader in the region. Oh my God. And uh, how I thought I was very appreciative of him and uh, and I was proven right, obviously, as, as history has proven. 
No, before he was hung, but this I think Saddam Hussein did great things. after he murdered his own people. It doesn't yeah. matter. He didn't murder his own people. He, he, kept, a bunch of, he kept a bunch of <laughs> lunatics away from each other and murdered no, his own this people. This is actually a very popular <laughs> sentiment among a, a lot of people in the Middle East because of the way people value human life out there. Right. They're just like, you know what, Saddam? Pretty crazy motherfucker. But so is everyone else in the right. Middle East at the yeah. same time. It's yeah. like, who are you going to get to fucking wrangle all these yeah. fuckers? And he's less crazy than Assad, and he's uh, not in prison like Mubarak. I mean, he's dead but uh, nonetheless but anyway so i got up to go to the bathroom oh god about half the way through of our conversation and i'll tell you cena's mom was like oh cena i'm so happy you found such a smart tall friend i love him and i don't think that's what happened it doesn't i don't she was speaking farsi it was some language i don't understand <laughs> his father was talking about rugs and i totally lost interest so i went to the bathroom and i'm taking a a, a ben kissel piece so my hands are on the wall as if an officer is going around me searching for weapons and uh, I have my penis out there, and it's a dangler. And his mother opens up the door. She, and she, first of all, she opened up the. She probably thought the faucet was on. <laughs> well, I've been drinking quite a few beers. And his mother opens up the door, and about three inches, as if uh, you know, as if a young girl trying to peek uh, at her Christmas presents, and Santa's putting them underneath the tree. And sure enough, I gave her a gift. And she looked at my penis. And she could have shut the door a lot quicker than she did. She stared at my dong for at least three seconds. And I just want to say that was the dream she had before she left Iran about how amazing America was going to be. She said, I'm going to open a door one day and look at a In my German, own home. In my own home. <laughs> And look at a German dong just urinating into a toilet that I paid good money for. And uh, so that's one of my favorite memories of seeing his mom. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Hey everyone, how you doing? Thanks for tuning in to The Brighter Side. Uh, everyone, today's going to be a little bit of a challenge to find the brighter side of what we're talking about. And, uh, you know, we were, you're supposed to be listening to a podcast about jerking off and masturbating, but you're going to have to wait till next week. Because, uh, you know, when an important thing happens to comedians, uh, you need to respect it. And uh, as everyone knows, we lost the, one of the best ever this week to suicide, and so we're going to talk about suicide. Uh, thank you guys so much. We have a couple of guests with us. We have Ansley. I'm sorry, what's your last name again, darling? Ansley March. Ansley March. That's right, like the month. I forgot. And uh, you are a therapist, and you work with a lot of uh, actors and comedians, correct? I do. All right, and thank you so much for coming in. We have uh, Neil Constantine, who is a survivor. Thanks Hello. for coming in, pal. How you doing? Doing uh, pretty good right now. Good, good, good. How's the last couple of days been for you? I mean, it's been pretty good because when you see someone do that and you realize... 
I've tried it before, and then you go, oh, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm still here. So, you yeah. like, it's an unfortunate comparison mm-hmm. that you do with that. So, I mean, I'm right now, pretty sunny. Fuck We're yeah. happy to have you, man. Good for you. And that's Cena John you just heard, and Amber Nelson's always here with us. Hello. <laughs> and we have our first ever Chuckle Hut member. He's not an official guest. He's just here sitting to make yeah. sure we behave ourselves. <laughs> Three-time roundtable of the year, Mr. Michael Che. Hi guys, my name is Michael Che. I'm a three-time, uh, three-time, three-time member. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask you this. Well, I got you What's it like just being a three-time roundtable? You here? know, it's not about what it's like because you can never know. But I feel. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me depressed. It's me. There's Jim Brown and there's Jim Brown. <laughs> Other three-time winners of things. Yeah. Uh, Cody Chestnut. And uh, no, it's 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 great. I feel I feel fantastic, and I'm ready to tackle this somber issue. Well, I'm glowing just sitting near you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. Life is going well in this room. We can feel the energy. Speaking of which, Neil Ooh. Constantine, when was the first time you attempted suicide? I was back in uh, two th- like early 2004. Wait, say it again, but slower. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just, just. <laughs> Ladies, that was 2004. Oh yeah. yeah. And was it like a, an ongoing? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, man. It's oh, a good yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bitching year to do suicides, dude. Yeah, it was. Actually, it was a shitty year for me, too. It's, uh, I think it was a bad one for everyone. 2004 kind of blew. Yeah, man. White chicks came out. Oh, God. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what was going on in your life back then? Uh, well, I mean, it was a lead up. Uh, I had a, it pretty much, I'll start off. It was the first semester of college, which yeah. uh, that wasn't what did it. <laughs> uh, but I had uh, the high school girlfriend of like a few years uh, break up, probably le- cheated and left me for my ex uh, best friend of high school. Yeah. Uh, and then, so uh, that was the beginning of it. So it's, you know, it's just a little down. You ever and listen then, to Operator in the Dark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this sounds like the saddest rendition of the Fresh Prince opening. Yeah, it started out well, in college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> my ex fucked my girl and told me how. <laughs> and so uh, that was the beginning. And then what happened next uh, was in November, uh, my dad died. Uh, about 53, 54, uh, brain aneurysm. Wow. Oh, so I was 19 right. at the time. Wow. and Christ Super sudden. Yeah, super sudden. It was, uh, I got it in uh, November and went about a week of doing surgeries and all that stuff, trying to get them. And then we had to do the, the old uh, vote to whether or not we pulled the plug. Yeah. And then, uh, so that happened. And then, uh, which led into uh, my, all my pet dogs. Died over those several over those couple of months. God. Also, you, how many dogs did you have? Well, we had three. Oh yeah. my gosh! Wait, how many were pets and how many weren't? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One more dog and you would have been a real white trash piece of shit. <laughs> All my pet dogs died. The other dog lived. This was great. The other dog went on an adventure. <laughs> he made stalky have... dog was good. He was... <laughs> stalky dog. Yeah. He checked up on all the ladies for me. They sure are a real good kisser. <laughs> <laughs> the most sensual. I can't believe it. Mm, Who were their names? Uh, Sadie, Roxy, and Susan. What kind of dogs were they? Uh, Those are sexy women names. Yeah. Uh, The sheepdog and a mutt and a... uh, Oh, God. uh, And an uh, (laughs) ex-girlfriend. Yeah. 
Uh, I, oh, fuck. I can't remember the other dog. Uh, Chow is a Chow. Chow. Chow like black uh, tongues. Yeah, black tongue. Know that. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> African-American tongue. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Chinese um, dog, though. Very weird. Tiger Woods a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and so those dogs all died. Uh, Roxy had to be put down. That was shortly before my dad died. He had to put her down in the backyard with the gun. And, uh, Where did you grow up? <laughs> yeah. Where is all of this happening? <laughs> Richmond, Virginia. Recently voted the happiest city in America. Yeah. I know, right? All I had to do was leave. <laughs> You're a shoe-in for our NYC versus Richmond show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So did you shoot the gun, the dog with the gun? <laughs> yeah, you know, my dad was trying to teach me a lesson. Oh, no, okay. no, I didn't. My dad did it. Uh, felt terrible about it. I guess I should defend him since yeah. he can't yeah. write in next week and be like, listen, I had to do what I had to do. And he had to put the dog down, and then uh, he, he died, and then his dog, the Sadie, which is the sheep dog, uh, just gave up. Yeah. Did, now, were these, did like, the old, were these like house dogs? Yeah, house yard dogs. They were like like here with people and their cats. They just goes off and then comes back at some point, you know. What kind of guy was your dad? Because like my like my grand, I remember my grandpa was like I, I went to uh, Louisville, Kentucky for the summers, right? Right. And my grandfather had always had dogs, and he like he always thought of dogs. He didn't think of dogs the way like we like no dog ever licked his face. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he was always like kind of like one of those guys that well, dog, you got to put him down, you got to put him down. Like was your dad like conflict? about putting these dogs down this is uh yeah yeah he was conflicted because that was the first time we actually had to do at least since i was around i don't know before he may have been shooting dogs every week i don't know but he that one he was the dog was just we it was one of those things where you found out the dog was so sick and then Mm. we went to go clean like again a wound or something like that or it was cleaning my mom was cleaning and then you know check under the collar and there was just from the collar, like the dog had somehow like maggots. So what that told us was that, dude, this is, this is so much inside the dog and like the dog would just couldn't walk and it was like, it was, we didn't want to make the dog because it was after the vet had closed Mm -hmm. and it was one of those, we don't want this dog to to wait. It was was on its last leg anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ansley, you're all right. I mean, I'm hoping. I'm I hoping. Mean, this I is really hard to hear. She has literally put her shawl over her head. <laughs> <laughs> she just count all Completely the money. She's like, hey, right listen, now. you want to come in sometime? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I slid I my got... card across the table. <laughs> <laughs> Your college loans also. You're like, I gotta pay these back. <laughs> really sad shit, so, Neil. And... <laughs> All right, Neil, say the funny part. (laughs) Well, if any of you have ever seen my comedy, that's a long time coming here. Uh, (laughs) And uh, so we had to put it down, and that was like, that for my dad was just tore him apart. It tore all of us apart, but it tore Mm. him apart. Actually, oh my, (laughs) he didn't do it. Uh, He had his coworker do it. Oh, he couldn't do it. This? He tried to do it. He took the dog in the back, and then he just couldn't do it, and he had to get that's a, a hit. coworker. Yeah, he had the dog. Oh my god, he had the I dog totally whacked. Put that out of Did my he head. Pay him? Uh, 
Probably not. The dude was like kind of half retarded. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, had, like, uh, he don't know no better yeah. anyhow. Yeah, you know, uh, spackle and paint really well. My dad was a maintenance man. He needed easy name, people. Was his name Lenny, and then he just hugged the dogs too hard. <laughs> 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 I was just petting them, George. <laughs> you did a good job, George. <laughs> I was just petting them. <laughs> dog died of loving too hard. <laughs> I, t- I text the dog. Yeah, he takes the dog. <laughs> this is how comedians handle pain. Go ahead, finish. Yeah, finish your <laughs> Tell us about your life's tragedies. More, please, please, more. Uh, so that happened. The dad happened. The dog, his dog, just it was, it just gave up. It was just yeah. stopped eating, stopped doing just anything. Ready so, to go. I don't even know if it was ready to go. It was just seemed like it was just one of those instances where you see a dog just be depressed. Like yeah, you see a dog yeah. just not want to do anything, and mm. you no matter what you do, you can't get out. And so eventually, the dog it got sick from just not doing anything, and then we eventually had to put that dog down. Oh. Yeah. And then uh, my dog uh, got hit by a car. This so is all was, within the same month. This is all within like a th- this all happened over a span of like five months. So there's five months of just uh, constant shit like hit my face. Fucking yeah. garbage. Pile, just man. dogs yeah. dying. During this time, were and you no ever- dogs to kiss to make it feel better? You know. Oh my god. Were you ever during this time ever diagnosed or even before that? Did you ever see a therapist? Did you ever even have a like a Ooh. kind of like a thing about therapy? Dude, not a we took a dog thing. in the backyard and had put a hit on it. We did not do therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you didn't see an in-network or out-of-network therapist. Is that I, correct? I had a I had a dad. Die and uh, all the dogs I had died. A, fr- a girlfriend leave me for a best friend, uh, fresh college, and and then also uh, had an uncle who died. And so you don't have the time to process because also I was trying to just tell everyone else, like you know, make everyone else try to feel better. You know, like I like the first handful of days, like after my dad died, you know, it was the tears and all that stuff. And then at a certain point, it was just trying to make, you know, my sister feel better, my mom, you know, who lost a soulmate, you know, trying to yeah. make these, all these different people feel better and uh, just, you know, just putting it down, putting it down into just yeah. <laughs> packing it in, packing it in. Don't yeah. worry about you. Don't worry about you. And just go do whatever else. And eventually it led up to a point where in like uh, January or not January, I was out with friends and... I had just gotten a PlayStation 2. I Ooh. just It was like a, a, a few months back I it's got it. Those things are looking up. Two. Things are kind of looking up. And it's that you know, excitement about when you're young, growing up, and you have like the PS2, and you just take it over to all your friends' houses. You just bring it with you. That's yeah. what I do. I have a paper yeah. bag with my PS2 and uh, Need paper for Speed. Bag, it's kind of reckless. Oh, hey, man. You got to live on the edge. <laughs> and so I, I, I one night we're, we're hanging out, and he goes... And we're all going to go play, do something, hang out at someone's house. And I go back home to go get the PlayStation, and I'm coming back in my car. And uh, I all of a sudden get the urge. I was like, hey, you know what? Let's try speeding and doing some stuff. I just played play Need for Speed. Let's I, 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 I try it. So I did this one time where I, I, I spun out, and it was in this grassy area in this road. There was some back roads and stuff. So yeah. And there was no one out. I was a little late. And then I go back, get going again. I'm going back towards the friend's house, and I get to this like kind of kind of straightaway, and just something inside me, and I just I was like, "Let's see how fast this can go. Let's go. Let's just do it." And oh. then and so I start put on the pedal and get going. And I'm going down at a certain point. 
I don't remember this because everything's so quick at this point. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe part of me felt I tried to push the brake, and there's another part of me felt maybe I tried to push the gas harder. Because either way, I sped up a little bit more, and I uh, hit this curve, and uh, then the car spun, and then wrecked it right into the ditch. And the car then proceeded to do what all cars do when you go about 55, 65 an hour in a back road and hit a ditch and starts to flip. Yeah. And it's this weird uh, feeling comes over me. It was just like everything shut down, but everything's still going, you know? Uh, like weightlessness almost. Do you, I'm hearing that everything smash. I'm hearing all the glass shatter and, and I'm feeling the motion of the car. And then I land and, uh, you know, come back to, and there I am in this car. Everything around me is fucked. And there's this, you know, I'm still there, uh, feeling a little sore, but now I uh, can't breathe. And uh, maybe it was from the airbag, probably was. Yeah. But I spent about a good minute, almost two minutes, not being able to breathe. And I'm sitting there. At this point, I'm out, I'm out of the, let's speed into a ditch. And I'm, now yeah. I'm in the, oh, no, I don't want to I don't want to choke to death. No, let's yeah. not do it. That, oh, fuck. That's all right. And I'm beating my chest as hard as I can. to try to just force punch something in the stomach. There's just force air out. And eventually, it finally just is like, like, you know, get the air out and... And then a guy comes from the yard or whatever I crashed into, and it's a dude that's, like, speaking, like, just broken English to me. He's like, hey, hey. He just has a phone in his hand going, he's yeah, got, use it. Oh, oh. <laughs> he's got your PlayStation in the other hand. He's like, I found this. <laughs> it no look too good. <laughs> Buy it from you. $20? <laughs> and so they, they, he calls the cops and he tries to get me out, tell them not to touch me. And, and, and then uh, that, that's almost literally what I had them do was I had because I had a guitar in the car and a PlayStation 2. <laughs> and I started to go, I'm like, don't touch me. My neck might be broken. I want to fuck up my spine. Uh, just call the cops. Um, but in the meantime, uh, if you can find the brown paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> And also, there's a guitar in the trunk. Could you see if it's still there and not broken? Uh, and, and it's in tune. Yeah. <laughs> I have a killer song I can write right now. I feel very motivated. I got a riff. <laughs> and then the, the cop showed up, and I had to make up an excuse, though, because it was on my mom's insurance at the time. And I, was, yeah. I didn't know the laws, the whatever causes what with insurance. I just, I mean, it was like, there was a deer. I uh, swerved. I was going a little bit too fast myself. I knocked, knocked some miles off of it. The cop knew it was kind of loud, but he went with it. Yeah. Because yeah. he told my mom, he's like, you know, he said he avoided air. He said he was going this much. He's probably going faster, but that's all right. Uh, but I, I didn't let him know. And it was like years before. That's a great white know. guy excuse. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great one. I guess I was doing 66. <laughs> In a 65. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I know. I'm just trying to make your pain sound funny. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to this special episode of The Brighter Side. Those are some of Amber and I's favorite clips. And you know what? It made me a little nostalgic and a little happy. I love it. I'm so happy. We have grown as people. That's right. I um, definitely, uh, you know, I don't want to say I have regrets, but, um, you know, they're there. I have no regrets. I used to be very angry, and I'm a happy gal. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, guys. All right. So uh, thank you for listening to Brighter Side. Uh, check us out on Twitter at EddieTunes underscore at Amber Smelson at Last Podcast Network at Brighter Side LPN. Instagram, Amber Smelson, EddieTunes, Last Podcast Network, The Brighter Side LPN, and Brighter Side Live. It is exclusive on Twitch now. We do not throw that at you as an episode anymore. So if you want to see it, you got to check it out live on Twitch the second Tuesday of every month. The next one's going to be on August 10th. 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern on the LPN Twitch channel. Amber, you got a Patreon. Tell us all about it. That's correct. Amber Smelson on Patreon. I put my cooking videos out there first for any feedback. And I also do private cooking shows on there, cooking tutorials. Very beautiful. And also check out Amber on the Rocks on her Twitch channel, Amber Smelson, Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. Classy night in every other Wednesday. Watch the replays on the LPN Twitch channel. Uh, someplace underneath a uh, great podcast, Amber's other podcast with the wonderful Natalie Jean. Check out How America Killed My Mother coming to Florida, baby. The Florida premiere, Deerfield Beach at DB Cinemas, Labor Day, Monday, September 6, 2021 at 7 p.m. Hillsborough Boulevard and Powerline Road. Talk back afterwards with Travis and my cousin, Jeff Ross. Uh, tickets are available soon, if not right now. Also, check out the How America Killed My Mother soundtrack available on Spotify and wherever you listen to music. Sticker giveaway is thriving. Uh, if you want to send us a self-addressed envelope with a stamp on it, we'll send you a sticker uh, that you can send that over to the Brighter Side Care of LPN PO Box 470, North Hollywood, California, 91603. And the Eddie Tunes two-hour radio hour is just, you know, so much fun for me. I get to go to radio fantasy camp that I make myself. Uh, uh, so check that out. Uh, it's my pirate radio show. DM me for the um, secret link, and I will send it to you. And uh, taking us out today is Don't Think Twice, It's All Right by Bob Dylan, one of the greatest breakup songs of all time. Not saying you should break up with anybody, but if you did, don't think twice, it's all right. Break up with them. <laughs> well, it ain't no use sit and wonder why, baby. Even you don't know by now. And it ain't no use to sit and wonder why, baby. It'll never do somehow. When your rooster crows at the break of dawn, look out your window and I'll be gone. You're the reason I'm traveling on But don't think twice, it's all right This show is made possible by listeners like you Thanks to our ad sponsors You can support our shows by supporting them for more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>